seconds yet. Pass, not pass seconds. Yeah, wait for the fire. Okay. Beep. Okay, now you can go. Okay, welcome to this week. Let me see the room. How are you doing? Fine. Fine. Hi. 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 Are you I'm done being sarcastic unless you want me to keep being sarcastic. No, no, no. I'm I don't know, nobody's talking. Who wants to start? First thing we do is two minutes of the thing. So we go around the room and we say whatever we are and whatever happened last week and whatever we want to share. I'll start then. I'll start for a little Go ahead. It really sucked this week because of a pipe broke in our basement and spilled water all over the place. So I spent most of my time cleaning out our basement and uh, not doing much of the other stuff. consideration. Yeah. But at work, I put on the new ESXi and tested that out to see how incompatible it was. So when we get to that news article, I'll do it on there. I'll do this. I didn't have to do much. How about you? Uh, my name is Colin. I'm uh, new to the Oak Player Linux Users Group. I think it'll be an interesting time. Uh, I think it was pretty good for me. It's another week before it goes in, before it goes out. I think it's funny. I will go to school or? No, I will here. Don't work. Okay, yeah, don't go to school. Yeah, I, I, came, I went to school in a different state and just kind of mopped up. Oh, yeah, I'm glad it's here. Very good. Thank you. I, I'm Will. Um, I listened to you guys last week. Really, honestly, not much of a list user. I understand and appreciate it. Uh, I definitely want to get more into it. Uh, but I've been mostly an against Windows user in the, in the past, uh, but I'm also an open source software advocate, so uh, I'll give it a try. Um, not much that you know last week, just working, trying to learn how to do so. I, I guess, you know, our, our focus is mainly learning, but it's open source, so, right. I, I, so if you are ready to go to Linux, it's okay. He is Brian Sousa right now, so. He might make a joke about you, but welcome to this group. You'll have to keep the Sousa jokes down to a minimum today. You'll have to pick on Fedora or something. Fedora, yeah. Or something different. Well, thanks for coming. How about you? I'm looking to buy a house. That's, yeah, that's been my week. That, that's pretty good market to buy the house. Yeah, hopefully, uh, within a week, I'll know for sure. But we're going to put an offer in on uh, Friday. A million miles away from where I work. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that, that can be a good thing. Like the weekend calls and, well, you know, it's going to take me Not a million miles from work. We had to go right. to two decimal places in order to get accurate enough for it to even matter. Oh, okay. So, so <laughs> just so you know. Yeah. yeah. So, where is the house? Uh, it's, uh, no, don't tell him. Yeah. So we'll buy it out from under you. How many miles from here it is? Uh, how many three, four? How far away from us? Okay, you can buy the house. See, that was a trick question. Yeah, he's trying to figure out. If, you gonna, if, if he doesn't come every week, he doesn't have an excuse. Yes, yes. And then you, you have to sell your house if you don't have an excuse. See, I'm not really that tough when I leave. But uh, that's pretty much been it for you. Very good. So, yeah, it's summer. Yeah, it's summer. Everybody should be enjoying this thing. Cool. How about you guys? Well, this was a filming week. <laughs> but um, I was still enjoying a lot of the new... Uh, Jim swapped out the hard drive on this. He just has it with Linux now. Awesome. So... Is this 32-bit. Uh, this, this is that Dell 1525, which really I'm not that thrilled with, honestly. <laughs> but it's okay. I mean, it's light and handy to use. Uh, main, the main thing I've been doing is I was messing around with um, with uh, Jack, uh, Jack, Jack D, and I built I built the uh, Jack tools, the Jack toolkit. 
And I'm still disappointed in the ALSA performance. It may be the sound card. I really get better performance out of OSS, but, you know, you can't do as many things with it. So it may be that I have a – yeah, well, you collect a lot of libraries to do it. But – and I also built that Q control, QJAC control, and also QT ALSA connect. And I don't have exactly all the versions matching. I mean, it's only the last numbers of the versions and maybe some of the lack of performance is due to that because I've done everything else. I changed some things in the – you know, it's basically better to run the audio stuff as root. There's some problems with that. So I changed some of the group memberships so that audio belongs and has root access to the kernel without me having to be running as root. And I also have the temp directory is a RAM file system. And it's gotten – and I also maxed up the buffer. But it's still not perfect. I still get occasional little hesitations that, you know, I can hear. But it's way better than before I made those changes. Have you looked at this – these settings, the frames per period and the period per buffer? Those are really the two settings. Yeah, okay. For your sound card, depending on the sound card, it kind of works on a rolling buffer system where it will have this many chunks. I think I have that at two. Right. If you increase it to four, you'll increase your latency. Like you can see, the latency doubles. Okay. Yeah, I want to get the latency down. Right. If you increase it, then that decreases the number of glitch that will occur because of the kernel. And a lot of times, too, it's because of not having a real-time kernel. Yeah, that's right. So the kernel that you have really makes a difference. Sure. It's the generic with 710. Ubuntu, okay. I know Fedora has at the – what's it called? Karma at Home. They have a real-time kernel that they built specifically for the Fedora operating system that you can use. Yeah, with the studio. Ubuntu Studio has the real-time kernel. If you look in the snapshot, you'll find it. If you look for a kernel, you'll find it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll look for that. So you might want to try that. I will. Yeah, and there's also – I don't know much about that generic kernel yet, but I know there's actually some – commands you can give to kernel space that will tell it not to do certain things that otherwise it would go ahead and do. And that's supposed to also increase the likelihood of running into those those dropouts. So a decrease, I should I – I, I don't know. Did I say increase? I meant to make it less, you know, likely to happen. Yeah. Good. One other thing, too, there's uh, some settings that you can set on your uh, PCI. Sometimes it's in the BIOS. What? Yeah. I think that's what it's these kernel adjustments the have to do with, right? It's the uh, latency of the cards. And generally, you want that set low enough so that it gets priority. Pretty much what it does is it sets aside, okay, 32 ticks. This card has access if it wants it. And generally, a video depending on the video card, too, video cards will set bump theirs up to 64 or even mm -hmm. 128. And what that can do is it can starve out the other cards. Sure. Because mm -hmm. everyone assumes, oh, you want perfect video. Mm -hmm. But if you want the sound, then you ha actually have to go in and bump video back down and maybe bump the sound card up right. to 64. Right. So the sound card gets that throughput. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, to look at. Yeah. And other than that, like we, we, we're fixing a simple leak. But, you know, when you plump, you better be able to take the day off. So we put a wrench on it, and instead we broke the pipe in the wall. So, uh, you know, water was off, but it took a little to get the water back on, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I might have gotten more done with Ubuntu if I had to deal with that. Did you actually know when it bristled? My wife just by a fluke had to stop home. Just to drop off a bag of carrots so it wouldn't get warm in the car. She just reached in the door and sat down. She heard a noise. And here this pipe had broken and had started up and yet pumped as much water in the entire basement and stuff. Was it that you were supposed to shut your water from the, from the city? It, it, it's well, she didn't know where to. She, she had to call me because she had no idea how to turn the water off. So she didn't know how to call it work. There's water all over the place. How do I turn it off? That's fine where it was. Yeah, turned it off. But all it was was on the downstairs sink. Did not throw, and the pipe just popped off one bit. Something. 
Hell yeah. comes to this place, happens every window twice. <laughs> Maybe not anymore, but Lampard finally tried to listen to us and we changed for directional pipe, but before it froze every window. It's going down below, it's freezing, and if it stays frozen for too many days, it will bust when it pulls one. Unfortunately, it'll probably, probably bust. Or probably breaks and then when it melts, then that's the process. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And last time it was actually a Sunday when we closed. Lucky he had we met with somebody here. privately here. We would have walked in. But the good thing is the basement here is so loose, it disappears right away. I did some stuff. I finally got my mid TV box set up with the high def card. It works great. Found out that the cable system here broadcasts all the local stations unencrypted. So the high def card works with the standard cable. Was it a hotspot? Uh, no, it was one of those uh, HDTV, the ones that were specifically for Linux. Four There's actually a penguin <laughs> on the card, so that's really why I bought it. I bought one, so I want to do the same thing. Yep, you can just plug it into the cable system, and all of, I think there's like six or seven channels that are, okay. is it that many? Five, maybe five or six channels that are unencrypted. PBS channels, there's four. There's four. Yep. One was just like little TV programming all day long, so it's six, but... In my family, that would be <laughs> right. But with the normal box for a rabbit ears, the signal because we live close to the open, really weaker. Okay. A lot of times you get no signal. Yeah, Channel three one the same. And yeah. actually, but there's a cable that helped us before. Even if you have a standard cable and you put this converter box in, there's like ESPN and some of them send on HD. And for some reason, cable is not capable of really sorting it out. So you getting for your $20 cable, you get the $50 flavor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, at some point, I was able to get uh, pay-per-views. If somebody actually ordered pay-per-view, I was able to, to watch it, but I cannot do that anymore. I did that too for a while. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm not caught that two months ago. They finally yeah. cut it off. And, and, hmm. and when the person didn't like the part and, and forward, uh, fast forward, it, 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 it was all. <laughs> <laughs> so you hmm. put another channel. They had like a bank, like 10 yeah, channels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then go to the next one in line. Oh, yeah, someone's watching this and one. And watch it along with them. They decide to turn it. Here's an interesting thing, too. They send the standard definition channels through the digital signal. So you don't get the high def stations, but you get the digital, you get them as digital. So they look significantly better. The colors are a lot better than you'd get with the standard capture card. And along with that, I also installed Mythdora 5. I was on board. It's got, it's, yeah. Well, I was using Mythdora. I actually was using Mythbuntu and I was ha I had a lot of problems with it. And Mythdora just released a new version, so I got that. And it actually worked really well. I mean, the only thing that was kind of a hassle was setting up the digital stations because there's nothing that ties charters digital stations to the actual stations yeah, that it yeah, shows. Totally right, their cable box translates everything from yeah. channel 840 to, you know, your channel 720. Yeah. So did you have to put in, like, the frequency table? I didn't have to do the frequency table. All I had to do was uh, go in and auto-scan for channels, and then it got all the channels, and then I actually had to go in and assign. Because a lot of them probably get a signal through versus black. Well, no, the, it actually has an option to skip encrypted channels. So you scan and say skip any channels that are encrypted. But these aren't even, unless they're encrypted, they actually show up black, but they come up and say there's a signal there, yes, but they're just not displaying anything at this time. I didn't see I, any I didn't I see any of those. So maybe they encrypt everything. Maybe they should have the scan. So that was kind of a hassle because you had to watch the, you know, pretty much you turn on at 9 o'clock and go, what news is on? Okay, well, that's what channel it is. Yeah. And then you have to go on schedules direct to look up the okay. XML tag entry for that station because every station's got, you know, a little XML, uh, like, six-digit number yep. that associates the channel with the guide information. I guess right now you've done the work so you can share the file. Yes, I could do that. Now, did, could you test this out with just a live CD, or did you have to actually install it on your system? 
I don't know if they have a live CD or not. Uh, so how many channels all together do you get? Not very many because we just get basic cable. We have basic, basic cable. $13 a month, basic cable. Right. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah, we can get most of them over the air, too, for the digital. And card also gets the analog Actually, well, I've got my old analog tuner in there as well. Okay. So it can actually record two shows at once. Yeah. One on standard, yeah. one on high def. Actually, I got in the mail uh, a few weeks ago, I got the charter is going to realign their offer. Yeah, so yeah. it might actually screw up your... August 19th, yeah. I know. August 19th, we have the little listing. Yes, yes. But it doesn't help us. We're... Here's what I'm hoping, that they're changing it on the front end and not on the back end. So the channels stay the same, they're just sending out some signal to update their uh, set-top tuners. You, yeah, I'm hoping very nice. If they don't, I'll just go through and do it again. I've already done it. I've already done it once, so it'll only take half the amount of time. Yeah, they're proficient. We had a system. He was on the laptop looking it up. I was on the keyboard for the computer and turned it all in. But yeah, those high def stations look extremely good compared to the analog signal. And so, what cable do you have going between your system and the TV? Uh, VGA. Okay. Just a VGA. Uh, the bare bones PC that I got didn't have a uh, DVI out, otherwise, I'd use that. They you don't want to go oh. through HDMI? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> DVI would have been good enough. Right. The signal that I'm getting over the cable system. <laughs> so I, I actually had to get a new PC. It's a uh, AMD 4600X2, 2 gig of RAM. I got a 750 gig hard drive in there. It's pretty much sitting at 100% CPU usage all the time doing transloading. Yeah. Just for the IE part, right? Oh, yeah, and so one hour of... Uh, 4600X2. That should do it. I'm, it's uh, going through and doing all the transcoding because right. without transcoding, an hour worth of video is about... No, six. Oh, six I'm and a half gig. With encoding, it's 1.5 gig. So, significant space saver, and you can't tell the quality difference once it's done. So, if you have one terabyte, you have to transfer. It depends on how many hours you want. I mean, I mean, we're recording three, four stations a day, or three, four chant, or three, four programs a day. So that's four or five hours. We don't watch all of it. We record it per hour. Six. Six. That's pretty hefty. Well, it, Mythdora Mith has uh, auto expire, so as as it wants to record new stuff, it'll expire things that are the oldest, and then it also has priorities so that if you watch this, it gives it a lower priority, so it deletes before the stuff you haven't watched. So it's pretty smart about it. One little thing I found out when playing around with that one is. DVI and HDMI. Yeah. Still remember the DVI doesn't pass through audio. So yes, as well as VGA. Well, it won't pass through audio at all. It's, it's strictly a digital video yes. interface. Yep. HDMI will pass through yes. audio. Yes. So I don't know if there's video cards out there that have the HDMI output on it. A lot of uh, HDMI cards from what's the yeah. adapter for the DVI ports that actually do support uh, the audio through on, on the 2000 series of playing mostly. On the NVIDIA or on the NVIDIA? Uh, NVIDIA only has like one card that does it. Okay. Uh, I think it's like a 500 that has uh, for PCI Express. Okay, interesting. Well, obviously, yeah, that's interesting. So, one thing I noticed too, the sound is a lot better quality than over the analog. Significantly better. Yeah, visual audio for television is definitely. You sure it's better or just just. No, it's better. better. If you want to come over and watch it, it's better. When are we coming? Uh, the offer wasn't for you. Oh. <laughs> it's family. All right. You can come over Yeah. I could bring the PC. And, I could bring the PC and plug it into that. It wouldn't be that hard. 
Or rabbit ears. Was that your two minutes of fame? Yeah, that's my two hour fame. Alright, what about you, Amanda? I just worked and tried to get my TVs off the Keep hanging in line. It's hard. It's hard. Although I finally bought them, he has his little piece of information already. I don't know if I want to do it. <laughs> Alright, maybe I will. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Well, well, great, great. Fantastic. Uh, what they do? Uh, been working with this program, QCAD. It's kind of an AutoCAD type program that uh, finally got it all figured out, or close to all figured out. Pretty neat when we actually use it. Then we got our high speed internet, so I can see live streaming video, which is unbelievable for me. <laughs> so that's kind of neat, actually. A lot of stuff on there I couldn't take advantage of before. So. Then it's summertime, so I. No pipes in the base that broke. Lucky you. Yeah, so that's kind of where I've been lately. So, oh yeah, I guess. Oh, nice. Uh, I wasn't doing a lot of uh, computer <laughs> stuff. This is what I had in mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I actually couldn't sleep for two nights to figure out how I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever uh, is listening, uh, we are looking for a home brewing uh, fermenter right now. And uh, uh, I figured it out, and uh, it is $150. Uh, and uh, it should make uh, five gallons of beer. We shall see what quality it's going to be. Everybody's going to say that it's going to be much better, but we, we shall see when we test what is done. So that was my thing. The other thing was I was trying to get a person in the library for uh, the Software Freedom Day, and I didn't have very good luck. Uh, so I guess probably tomorrow I'm going to call him again, and uh, maybe on Saturday to stop, stop there. Uh, what to do with all of if they want to participate, or you know, if we need to be looking for alternate location, which I don't have any you know, suggestions. But it would be as good location as the library. Mm-hmm. If we would have a location, then we maybe could go. Uh, it's in September, right? It is in September, third week in September. But you. The universities uh, are open by then. Uh, I found. Uh, what uh, What is typically the. Uh, what goes on there? Do you expect vendors to come in? Or no, do you, uh, it is promotion of, uh, of mm-hmm. the software. So. You, what you should do, you should register with a, on, a, on a website, and it's uh, softwarefreedomday.org, and you should say, this is a team, and this is our plan. And uh, I think first uh, 300 teams, uh, they provide with uh, support. So they send some CDs, or they send some T-shirt, or the logo, whatever. And, uh, but you can do it on your own. So... Uh, the hardest portion is uh, how to convince people if you are giving them CDs that uh, it's not a malware or some kind of uh, virus. Uh, so how I'm going to make professional, or let's say, if we would say we are going to target Windows users with the free software, then we need to, we need to make our own uh, mm-hmm. CD, which is professional looking. Are you looking for us? Uh, and uh, that's that's I found this Jackson CD Yeah, I found that one too. I'm just looking at it. Which they are doing the printouts. Uh, so if we would have a venue, and we, if we would have that we can do it, we can go there and can say, uh, would you guys like to participate? Now, maybe I want to pay $125 for 400 Or maybe I can go to my employer and say, this is a community event. Would, would my employer like to participate in a certain way? So if you have a venue, you can go and, and you can uh, you know drum up you know a more support or a little bit money, even though you know we don't do it for money. Uh, mostly the, the cost is what we will absorb anyway. And we do it just randomly for but that's what we do. So if you were a musician, musician, you could get CDs made from all that price, nice looking ones for. Yeah, they they print actually. What they do, they print on uh, on one side, whatever you want. Like print printing. Yeah. 
I don't think it's good to silk screen on a CD because it, it, it unbalances the spin of the CD. Really? When you're doing quantity over one. Yeah, they'll just have like the one color or a couple color. But it's, that's how most CDs are done. Is it? I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't either. I thought most of them were that thermo printing <laughs> thing that they do. Yeah, really. Yeah, I would just be afraid that the weight would unbalance the CD when it's spinning. Yeah. I just write on mine with an indelible lens. We'll just make some stickers and slap them on there. So if I can actually. You know, drama. Then anybody in the library, I probably need to have somebody stop here to to uh, do something. You know, a, we find alternate location, or you need to go there every day and say, "Where's the person who's supposed to be coming for community work?" Because I I wrote an email you know, and I said, "I'd like uh, would you would you like that of the library? Would you?" Uh, Partnership with uh, the Linux user group to organize this event. Send them a letter. Yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, I was saying, well, all what you would do, you would just provide the venue, and we would staff it, we would provide material, and we would uh, uh, organize the event. Uh, so, and it, for, for all player library, there wouldn't be any, any hassle, per se. Well, there's a lot of meeting spaces at the university library. And it's got this huge quarter that, you know, we always used to joke they had to open it out for dances and weddings. Uh, you know, but that would be perfect. It's at the university, you know, at the yes. main McIntyre. Yes, just in, uh, in the university, we would have to do it probably on Friday or during the work days. Is there plenty of traffic throughout the weekend? Oh, sure. Because I thought that, you know, it's like... Uh, in a public library, there's actually a lot of traffic over the Saturday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, I guess there really is probably more at the public library than the university. I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, because, I mean, there'll be a lot of students there, but they may be there for what they came to do yes. and how much you could pull them away from yes. what they're doing to do something mm-hmm. else. It's hard to say. Um, but uh, on a weekend, that's the only time that somebody who's not at the line, not at the university already could find a place to park. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Parking that's a good is point. terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually my thing and my thing I mean you know, my feeling is that it's probably more appropriate the public library what, what you're trying to do here. Yes. I mean you're not really part targeting the university community at yes. all. Yes, well, so like if if I would want uh, yes, as you said, I don't know exactly where the building is at the university, and I don't know how you know. Well, that, that part we could fill you in on pretty easy. <laughs> I know, but for, for, for regular, you know, jokes. Yeah, no, I think, I, think, I think what your obvious orientation here is, which is a good one, I mean, I, is that you should stay in a more, you know, Eau Claire venue than the, because there's always a, you know, separation between the community there and the community in the town, so. I mean, the Freenet, we tried for a long time to get under the university umbrella, and they weren't interested. They really were not interested at all. So, and we always thought that was a bad move on their part, but in other words, you're not going to gain anything by trying to get yourself noticed at the university. It's not going to help at all. And I know that uh, the library is doing some community works. So let's say here's an uh, annual Chippewa Valley Book Fest, you know, and it is sponsored and even organized by by library. Mm -hmm. So, do you really want to stay in Eau Claire? Because actually, we had a lot of the Freenet uh, meetings were up at the library in Chippewa. Uh, We 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 just found that we got more people when we went up there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, it's uh, you know, I mean, if you want to stay in Eau Claire, I mean, you know, that's one thing. But if you want to go up there, we we could split, you know, to to make two different groups and and to have one here and the other one over there. Mm I mean, typically we would get like 25 to 40 people at meetings here in town, and we'd get over 100 people at meetings up at the Chip, the chip Library. The other place, actually, we got some support, and I don't know whether you've looked into these things at all, was at Ayers. 
I don't know why, but they were interested. Airs and then that, that, that plastic place, but they they're, they're out of business now. Over in that new, you know, that as you go, that little sky something or another. You know, as you get to the end of, you know, if you turn by the athletic fields there off of Stein Boulevard and go all the way down, you hit the highway again. There's like an industrial. Yes. There was a plastics place there, and for some reason. Yeah, we're not there anymore. And I honestly, this is you're know, talking eight years ago. I can't remember. Yeah, heirs so the, the, the surveyors. Yeah, no, 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 not heirs. This was the plastics place over by 35 there. But that for some reason, I think the guy who was, uh, you know, the manager there was trying to get Linux stuff going for his his, uh, you know, uh, uh, to to run the, the stepper motors on his machinery and stuff like that. So maybe that's why he was interested in. The Linux crowd coming over there, um, but then again, you know, the, for some reason, Airs too, I, and I don't know why, but they they would very often let us use their meeting areas and stuff like that for trying to get meetings together. So, so you might look in around and see if there's any you know companies here in town that would be interested in somehow affiliating themselves with the group too. I mean, that was so. Uh, let's pursue the Oak Library. Yeah, there's certainly nothing wrong with that, and that's certainly a good place to do it. And they have nice facilities. It's a, you know, it's a nice place to be. Would, would we be able to, to pull two different places? You know, is it cheaper library and the library? Why not? I mean, you know, it depends how much, how much you, you, you know, maybe you want to try one this year and do two next year. I mean, you know, I mean, how much? Yeah, yeah. 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 But I mean, it's certainly yeah, no, in terms of an yeah. ultimate direction to go. Sure, why not? I mean, I don't see any reason. Why not no, to. Would, would we be able to staff two different locations? Oh, you mean simultaneously? Yes. I, would, I think you'd be better off doing it on two different dates, maybe fairly close to one another. But you know, does it have to be on that specific day? They are saying that it's one day in the year, and it's, oh. uh, it's uh, Saturday, third Saturday. I would try, you know, always it's better to walk before you run. So, I mean, I would try one, you know, and see how that goes and learn from that, you know, and if you, some things you'd want to do better. I know that Oakland Library is open on Saturdays from uh, 10 o'clock in the morning till 5 or 6 o'clock. don't know. I mean, it's open most of the day, right? So, if we would be there, let's say, like, from, uh, so I don't know, if we got there, if we would have been there, we would be there from uh, know, 12 to 4, you know, that's four hours. That's probably a plenty of time. As well as, you know, they tell you that you need to be in a basement in a room. You don't have to be there because nobody actually will come to a basement in a room. So, um. <laughs> I say, can we be just outside and, and play guitars, you know? <laughs> so, that's all there. If I play the guitar up front, you will have people in the basement in that room. <laughs> we'll just strategically place guitar players everywhere where we don't want the people. And we'll have to tell them, okay, start playing once the person's past you, so they speed up. Well, they have the book sale every year. The university has their the Friends of the Library, I think they're called. They have their book sale, and it's in that basement room. People don't seem to have any trouble finding their way into there. But, but people buying books is more uh, obvious than, uh, than telling them there's a free software somewhere. Yeah, maybe. It might be easier to just someplace really public and here you go. Here you go. That's the nice thing with the public library. You said public library to anybody really in town. They basically know where it is. It's right there. So it's a more complicated to say. They're not going to find it. Yeah. Yeah. I got great strawberries and raspberries. No, we, we, just, we'll, we would be passing the stuff on and saying that uh, here's a free software and you can use it. I think we could have a couple laptops there. Where do the software? From uh, www.downloadfreesoftware.com. <laughs> 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 <
here is some uh, operating system which you never heard about, which we all love. And then mm-hmm. wipe out your current system at home and put this on. Yes. Uh, so I, I, I think that uh, Byron was suggesting that maybe what we need to do is uh, provide our own CD with, uh, we will have these, 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 these pieces of applications there. Maybe we need to have an HTML page, which, is, which uh, when, when they put it in there, there's auto on it actually opens the browser with a page saying that if you want to do it here, this is what you do. If you don't want to do this, this is what you do. This and you know, we put all the open source stuff that's got Windows versions. Yes. I mean, you put OpenOffice on there, you put Mozilla or yeah. Firefox, you put the game Inkscape, uh, maybe Scribus or something, you know, all the big ones that have Windows versions. Yes. Uh, like Audacity, you know, every anything that you might want to do that you might, you know, you see the free software, and then the next step is really easy once they're already using free software. You, know, you can, you know, they, they might ask you, is there something in this area? And you say, well, it is, but it is not on Windows. It is actually on this other operating system. And you'd be willing to try it. So... Before we run the walk, so maybe this year we had we are providing free software on Windows platform. Next year, on the same location, we might mix. If there's a next year, we might mix actually the Ubuntu and the Windows. Yes. So, so far the people working here can have no problem. They got the browser. We just switched two days ago. Switched them all to Ubuntu because the main reason is because all the chatters are wanted to kill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or people MySpace and Facebook and whatever mm-hmm. chat. And some work, but may, I know they don't take go in the system, so they're just a pop-up bill. I don't care about it, but if that's something they have to install, I don't want it anymore. Yeah. Right. But the, the one thing, too, though, you don't want people to be installing and running those things on these PCs. On the home PC, eh, you want the people to be able to do whatever they want, so... It might be a little bit yeah, tougher situation. Yeah, though, integrate, I think that's its name now, integrate with all of those chat programs and all Right, but it's just the little things like I want to do this. Oh, well, you can't quite do that the same way. Cool. So that's what we have. That's what I have now. That was a two. Want to do a presentation? We do. Do we have time to do it? Uh, maybe, if you are really fast, like in two minutes. <laughs> 121,617,000,000 pages searching. And right after they announced that, Google announced their trillion URLs. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, let's see if I can figure out how to get 90% that. of which are either spam, business sites. Well, let me talk about, let me talk about the state, they don't index all of them. We talk about Google. Let's say like the Firefox three. Uh, I got to a site and it was uh, and it was supposed to be highly uh, replaced and it was copycats. And uh, you're saying this site is known for host malware. So and it is actually coming from Google. So uh, it was interesting. I've got I run AVG at home. And before I get to a page, like if I'm in Google. It goes through, and I don't know if it checks every link on the fly, but it goes through, and its little symbol will appear next to pages that it says are safe. So I don't know if it's like referring to a master database and pointing that off. I know they got a little bit of heat a few weeks ago that their algorithm was a little too aggressive and it was causing a lot of bandwidth to sites that were like, why are we suddenly getting hits? And then you look in there and you see AVG's little bot going 20 times a second. Yeah, they backed it off a lot. There it is. Look at that. Isn't that pretty? Wow. This is like direct. Cross your eyes. (laughs) Hang on. I think i got to turn off display one, otherwise it's not going to work. There we go. Look at that. You know, I have a faith in Google. Now I don't have. There we go. Why does the menus not work? Whatever. Yeah, it's kind of like there we, uh, whatever. SketchUp. We're doing this. Yeah, we're do, doing this full screen anyway, so it doesn't matter. Oh, offset pages. Hang on a second. 
I'm gonna change the screen resolution here so we're not. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I know it's the rock system. Hardware. Screen resolution. No, I think it's more a problem with the ATI video card versus Fedora. There we go. Oh, spider Oh, come on. You've got to be kidding. Hang on. That's right. Presentation ready. <sighs> now it's off the screen because it's... Whatever. All right. This will work. This will work. So what is this presentation? Okay, this presentation is on open source licenses. Now, I didn't go through all the open source licenses because we didn't want to be here until next Tuesday. So I just went through a couple of the common ones. And I guess with the licenses, there's three main points, and I only listed two of them. So um, <laughs> pretty much the, well, the two main points, I meant to change that to two, I really did. Uh, you, the derivative code, whether the derivative code has to be released or not, that's one of the main points, and that's called copyleft. And... Copyleft is using copyright law to re retain your freedom. We'll talk about that in a second. And then the other part is what is and isn't considered derivative code versus the, or with the dynamic linking and static linking. So what is copyleft? It is using copyright law to retain your freedom. So the copyright says the code, your code has to stay free, pretty much what the copyleft license says. Like the GPL or the CPL are two examples. The GPL being the common one. It says that if you modify the code, you have to release your changes back to the community. So it's using the copyright in order to keep the code always free. And authors can sue if you don't follow copyright. So it forces you to release your code. And it's actually more restrictive than something like a BSD-style license because the BSD-style license doesn't restrict what you can do with it. It's not a copyleft license. It doesn't say you have to release your changes. You can do whatever you want. But it forces the copyleft forces companies to release their improvements to everyone. Because the BSD-style, somebody can improve on it, and that's it. You'll never see the code again. Apple. Apple or Microsoft. There's actually BSD code in Windows. Yeah, the was. I think they rewrote it for Vista. Yep. See what I mean? It doesn't fit. Just tell us what it is all about. Alright, the GNU GPL is stands for the GNU General Public License. It's pretty much a leading OSS license, and there are now three versions of it. Version one, um, pretty much says vendor, vendors distributing the binaries must also distribute human readable source and the union of a GPL code and any other code must be released under GPL. So that's what they're really talking about when they say the GPL is viral. It's anything that the GPL touches is GPL. So if you modify the GPL, if you put two pieces together, it, the whole thing goes to GPL. I noticed you were listed earlier the dynamic and static linking that are covering LGPL in this as well. Yep, that'll be on um, the next one. Um, version 2 uh, is pretty much the same as version 1, except for it added a couple of clauses, and the main one being that the license to the code is revoked if you can't follow the GPL to the other copyright restrictions or other restrictions. So pretty much it was yeah, DRM and a little bit touching on the patent issue. If you can't follow the GPL, you don't have a license to use it at all. And the first one didn't say anything about that. So it's well, just more of a clarification. Right. Some other legal requirement. Oh, okay. Like you could put something in, GPL it, but you have some license that says that only you can use it. Anybody who's using that, you know, they don't have the rights to it. But this allows conflicting licenses. Right. Now, the version 2 was kind of confusing, and there were some issues with it, so they came up with version 3. And this is supposed to be the... Well, version, yeah, version, version 2 was... Yeah, version 
Right. So I don't think it's. I think it started on one and then went through. But it was right around time. Yeah. So version three uh, pretty much added a few clauses to try and clean some of the stuff up and make things more free. Um, pretty much it added a little bit better compatibility with some other licenses. Um, and it also clarified something too. It um, even went more in depth to say that you, if you cannot follow the GPL due to any other restrictions at all, then you can't use the GPL or you don't have a license to the GPL. So pretty much it eliminated the patented software that you put in GPL code. If you put patented software in the GPL code, you have to um, also give a license to use that patent, an unrevocable, uh, what, did, what did they say, unrevocable, un, I can't remember exact exact words, but you can't put patented code in there. And also, a big thing, hardware must not restrict users from changing the GPL, or from changing the GPL code so that you can only run their piece of software. Pretty much you can't get the TiVo effect where they sign the binaries and you try and put a different binary on there, it won't run. That would be against the GPL version 3. So, yeah. So the LGPL kind of followed along with the regular GPL. It's the lesser general public license. It's pretty much the same thing as the GPL, except or the big difference is you can link from non-GPL software to GP to LGPL software. Otherwise, it's pretty much the same restrictions as GPL. Now, the thing is that it has to be dynamically linked. Um, I've read some. No, you cannot compile against it. You would have to... You cannot statically link anything. It has to be right. compiled dynamically so that if there is a flaw or a change in the program, in one of the programs you're linking to, you have to have the ability to update Right, and what I read was that if you're using the LGPL, you have to be able to take that the LGPL code completely out of the program, replace it with something completely different, and the program would still run. If you can do that, then you're in compliance with the LGPL. And then, obviously, if you make any changes to that LGPL module, then you also have to release the source code to those changes. The CPL, Common Public License, it's very similar to the GPL, pretty much almost the same. Uh, any changes to your code must be released, so it's a copyleft license. Um, Contributors of patent code, patented code must grant an irrevocable royalty-free license. And it's incompatible with the LGPL because of a certain clause that says if there is some sort of conflict, you can only pursue it in this certain court, which makes it not compatible with the GPL or the LGPL. Otherwise, it's virtually the same thing as the LGPL. But just because of that little clause, you can't copy code back and forth. Who is responsible about Um, I believe IBM is the one who wrote it up. And yep, it's the same thing. Same thing as the GPL. Any code that you include into a CPL program becomes CPL. So it's copy left, similar to the GPL. The Zlib license is probably one of the most liberal licenses that you can have. Uh, pretty much the only things that it says is the author can't, can't claim that they wrote the software. So you can't say, I wrote this software. And you can't remove the license. Other than that, go crazy, do whatever you want with it. It's almost public domain. Public domain would be you can claim you wrote it, you can remove the license, you can do anything. This is, the only thing is you can't remove the license notice 
and you can't claim that you wrote it. Do you know what is the issue with the public domain? Because somebody can take a code and license it under a different license. Yep, and, and say it's, it's theirs. It's, it's theirs, and it's, uh, yep. If you release it, have to release it some sort of license or license yes. If it's released on license, you can you prove that it was yours? So, like, if somebody broke the license agreement because they removed the license from it, how could you complain about it? Yeah, exactly. How could you wrote it? So you can't say that you wrote it. It's pretty much on the honor system. All right. Uh, I give a document on the honor system. Well, it's there's there's really no way to this is honor. (laughs) It's more of if somebody breaks it, they'll find a way to try and disprove it just right. for the fact of disproving it because this you're doing something that basically has two purposes um, one is it can be used with anything it's compatible with pretty much every other license out there and two you can't steal it basically uh, if, if you steal it it's probably going to be in a form that nobody's going to recognize anyway so at that point he wanted it to be free uh, so the point was he had to license it with something, and all the licenses he found were too restricted uh, to get broad compatibility like he wanted, because obviously Zero is a very highly used function, and he just had to license it under something, like, like we just talked right. about, and have to license it or risk of being able to install Realistically, you could probably say this is public domain. Very, yeah, it's about as close as you can get. Close as you can get without actually doing it. Um, probably the next least um, restrictive would be the BSD license. It's generally free to use for whatever purpose you want, as long as proper credit is given. Uh, right now, it's the current BSD license is referred to as a three-clause license. There's three clauses in the current BSD license. Um, the redist- redistribution of source code must contain um, the original license and copyright. Redistribution in binary form must be accompanied by the license and copyright in an auxiliary file or whatever. And contributors' names cannot be used to endorse products without their written consent. Because apparently they were having issues with somebody would write the code, they see the name in there, hey, okay, well, this guy, you know, says that our code is the best. And they were just using contributors' names, so... Those are really the three main clauses of the BSD. Otherwise, it's free to use in commercial, uh, for commercial purposes, modified however you want. What does BSD stand for? Berkeley uh, Software Distribution. It doesn't actually require you to release the source, though, does it? It does not require you to release the source, no. If you don't, you have to have that accessory file. Right. Uh, The accessory file just has to have the license and copyright, not the source. What, Apache is that? Um, Apache is... No, no, Apache has their own license. They have their own license. It's very, very they're, similar. They're original. Yeah, they're based on the Yep, I, I'll actually... I think I have the Apache license on here, so... Um, another one, the uh, MIT license, or actually X11. They prefer you call it X11, but everybody calls it MIT. But they say since MIT's got a bunch of licenses, you should probably refer to it as the X11 license. Uh, it's... Almost, the, it is the exact same thing as the BSD license, but it doesn't have the no endorsement clause. So it would be identical to a BSD two clause license. So it's got the redistribution of source code has to contain the license and copyright, and redistribution in binary form has to have license and copyright. And that's really the only restrictions on the code. And there are some modified X11 licenses that also have a clause similar to the BSD license. So really all of these uh, BSD-based licenses are kind of muddy. They'll have like the base license and then they'll have slight modifications that make them just like another license. So they may say released under the X11 or BSD license, but they're all generally the same thing.
and you'll have to specifically read that license to get the fine details. Um, the Apache one uh, is very similar to the VSD license, only it's a little bit more restrictive. It includes all the clauses, just like the three clauses of the VSD license, but it also includes one clause about patented code sections. It says that any patented code sections must include a license from the patent holder to use those sections. So it's virtually the VSD with an extra clause that says if you put patented code in, you have to be the patent holder and you have to give us a license to use it. Uh, Creative Commons is actually a group of software licenses, not one software license. And it's actually not suggested to be used for code, it's more for media. You could use it for code, but again, they don't really suggest it. And it's kind of confusing, there are six different versions of Creative Commons that are in widespread use. Attribution alone, which pretty much means you can do anything with it as long as you give proper attribution. There's an attribution plus no derivatives, meaning that you can't modify it and you have to give attribution, but you can use it. There's a non-commercial clause that says you can modify it, but you can't use it in a commercial sense. And then there's share-alike, which is very similar to a copyleft license, where any changes have to be released under the exact same license. And then there's combinations of the above parameters where you have to give attribution. You can't use it for commer commercial purposes, and you can't make derivatives of it. Or you can't use it for commercial purposes, and you have to share it with everyone, your modifications. So realistically, it's the Creative Commons is kind of confusing in that manner. And if somebody says they released it under the Creative Commons, you really have to read into it to find out which one of those they actually meant and which one is actually released under. So it may not be, you may not be able to just use it for whatever purpose you want. So which license you would pick for recording? Which license would you pick for recording? No, not commercial share alike. Can't use it for commercials, and anything you do has to be released. That sounds like a good license. It would probably be that or just the non-commercial clause. This this would be for like actually the music itself. You saying? Yes. Not software, obviously. So music software. or content. photos, Even video, posters, electronic content. Oh, cool okay. designs that you made. All right. Your icon set for your PC. That's mainly what this license is meant for. The one problem this license runs into is dealing with photos. It's uh, come up a lot recently when people are involved in the photos. You don't have the permission or license to license other people's images. Um, that came up where somebody, like pretty much everything, that, most things that go on Flickr are usually posted under a Creative Commons license. And I forget what, what company it was, but some major company created commercials with photos from Flickr and it was all they were they were released under the Creative Commons by uh, so they only had to attribute which they did. Uh, uh -huh. they provided a link and, and information. If, but it was somebody else's photo that was posted and if you, that person is the one who yes. has the right the original person who posted it did not have the right to post right. it on the Flickr. Right. That uses the Creative Commons. Or, well, so, even though have, if you would do it actually not commercial, not, not derivatives, but they, they have the no. right to put it on Flickr, but they don't have the right to license it under a Creative Commons license. Uh, technically, uh, yeah. since Flickr is a public site, you don't have the rights to put it on Flickr because it is a, a public showing of somebody else's likeness. You don't have the yeah, right to do it without their permission. Unless you your profile and say only my buddies can see it. That's uh, private, though. Right? Yeah. That separates the two. I don't think anything goes into a private library can be licensed under Creative Commons. I'm not sure. So, how many licenses are available in the How would I license it? Attribution alone. Don't, don't show. Go ahead, cut out our heads, make them floating around in space and shooting laser bolts. That's fine with me. Well, it could be licensed under whatever everybody agrees to as well. As, as a group. But right, you would right. license it under one of these six categories. 
If you want to license it under the Creative Commons, yes. You can always put it in the public domain and then just do what you will with it. You don't have to attribute it or anything. And this is not going to really work too well, but I had a, uh, a picture here of kind of which, well, it's got most of them on there. Which licenses can actually go to which licenses? You can see that Zlib over on the left is really the most free. It can go to pretty much everything. And then MIT is a little bit more restrictive. It can't go back to the Zlib license. And then BSD is probably the next most restrictive. It can't go back to MIT or Zlib. And then over on the right, you can't can't quite see that, but it's got the GPL version one, two, and three. And you can is compatible with three. With three, but it's not compatible with the rest because Apache had that one clause that talked about the patents, which made it not compatible with version one or version two. So you can only change something from the Apache license to version three. Which also with the GPL license, if it's if something is released under originally say version one license, it can be also licensed under the two and three. However, if it's released under the three, it cannot be licensed under two and one. Right. You can't see the arrows. <laughs> right. And then you can also right. You can also see that the CPL is pretty much about the same. You can go from any of the BSD style licenses to the CPL. Can't go from the LGPL to the CPL because of that one clause about the um, court that you have to. Um, well, CPL is the destination as well as GPL is the destination? Pretty much, yes. So once they're in CPL or GPL form, that's it. There's really no place to go other than that. And what do licenses mean to you? If you're not a programmer, probably not a whole lot. Um, pretty much these open licenses only apply when you're distributing any modifications. So. You can use a program, and even if you don't agree to the license, it's completely okay. As long as you don't distribute any changes, it doesn't matter. And pretty much, even if you're distributing pieces of software, it doesn't matter as long as you're distributing an unmodified binary and all the auxiliary files with it are included. So realistically, unless you're programming and looking to put pieces together, you're probably don't have to even look at what license it is as far as the open source licenses. Obviously, there are other... So if you provide the open source license on your own personal website, right? well, and Ubuntu, Ubuntu, Ubuntu ISO. The Ubuntu ISO should have all the licensing right on the ISO. So by doing that, you are... Right, and plus, since the ISO is an unmodified binary, that will also have links back to their sites, which have all the source. You don't technically have to provide the source as long as you provide a link to the source. From you don't have to have the source with it as long as there's the ability to get it in some way. Right. But if I write a code, and I let's say I stick it to a or source code, I don't actually have to host the source on my site. You can host the source anywhere that you want as long as it's available. So if it's a SourceForge site, you can host your, the source on SourceForge, and that's sufficient for the open licenses. Here's a question. What about you know, when you program those little microcontrollers and use the Linux GCC to program Does that then has to be released, the code that you wrote for the microcontroller that might do nothing more than run a copy? And there's been a few people who have take, taken it like that and have argued against that, but GCC has actually came out with a statement saying that no, any code that's created from the program is not licensed under the license of the program. It would be the same thing for like an image manipulation program. Oh, the image right. itself. The image itself you is not under the license. The attention to the GIMP license if you're creating a picture from I yeah. At least with, yeah. the, with the GIMP license the way it is. I mean, they very well could put something in the license to it do that. It says all pictures yeah. by GIMP is our, 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 our Right. Yeah. 
But no, GCC does not. The code does not go to. Yeah. Yeah. And we are done. Thanks, Larry. Nice. Yeah. Good job. When we talk about licenses, I forgot something. I submitted our recording to Thank you for listening to Hack the Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by Caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.